Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 15, 2023. Here is an important insight that comes from this week's Torah portion, the Parsha Mishpatim. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? Well, it only takes one, but the light bulb has to want to change. In this week's Torah portion, there's a mitzvah when a person is in trouble or in distress. We should help them. For example, there's a mitzvah that if someone else has, let's say, a donkey, for example, and it's carrying a heavy load and the load falls off, Azov tazov imo. You should help them. You should work together with them to help them to right the situation. Same thing applies if a person has a flat tire, as I did on Sources Boulevard last night. But Baruch Hashem, I was able to get home and it's and it worked out okay. But when someone is in distress, someone needs help, you should help them. But listen again to the words of the Pasuk. Azov, tazov, you should surely help emo with them. It doesn't say you should help them. You should help together with them to right the situation. So listen, please, to the way that Rav Nachman Abratzlov understands this. And he is speaking about this from a spiritual perspective. And he says as follows, whenever you are helping another person, again, he's speaking about spiritual matters, the other person has to be part of the solution. You can't do it for them. You can only assist and help and support them helping themselves. Now, he uses the example of a person, again, Rabbi Nachman Abratzlov, the great Hasidic master, within the Hasidic world, a person would come to their Rebbe or their Rabbi and say, I need help. But when that happens, it's very important to understand that the Rebbe or the Rabbi can't do it for you. Because what happens is, sometimes a person will come to someone else and say, do it for me. Help me. Without doing anything on their own. Now, I'm not anywhere in the category of Rav Nachman of I don't mean to compare myself in any way. But, for example, sometimes a person will come to a rabbi, sometimes a person will come to me, and they will say, you know, Nebuch, somebody is sick. Rabbi, pray for them. Now, of course... Of course, I will pray for such a person, no question. But the person's got to pray for themselves, of course, if they're able to. Someone else can help. Someone else maybe can add merit and meaning. But the person's got to want to help themselves also, and then someone else can add to that. But listen to what Rav Nachman says. 
if a person wants to remove themselves completely from the solution and does not want to make an effort in fixing their own spiritual needs themselves, all he wants is the tzaddik, the righteous person, the rebbe, the rabbi, to do it for him, then that righteous person, that rebbe, should not be involved in such a thing because it is impossible to help someone in a spiritual matter if they are not willing to also work to help themselves. So, azov tazov imo. You have a problem, you go to a great person for spiritual help. That great person can assist, can share the load, but he or she cannot do it for you. Now that's an important spiritual idea, but the fact is it is true in a much wider context in many, many areas of life. Here's a very practical application that I think is a situation almost all of us, probably all of us confront at one time or another. Let's start with teenagers. (laughs) So, This is something that I've experienced, maybe you've experienced, maybe you will experience. You know, a teenager, a child, will come to us, a parent or someone else, they'll come to us with a problem. And we may offer suggestions and solutions for how to solve the problem. And then the person that comes to us just completely ignores the solution or the, or, the, or the suggestion that we give them. And it is not limited to teenagers. It's children of all ages and it's adults. It's all kinds of people. Someone will come to us and ask for our help and we'll give a solution, we'll give a suggestion, and then they ignore it. Why does that happen? So, There are many reasons for that. And of course, each situation has to be looked at on a case-by-case basis. But very often, it's because when we offer the solution or the suggestion of how to help the situation, we are not giving the person what they are really looking for in asking us for help. Because very often, when a person asks for help, they're not looking for an answer from us. They are rather looking for reassurance from us that they will be able to find the answer. It is always much more helpful. Let me take that back. It is almost always much more helpful to allow a person the space to be able to find the solution themselves rather than to provide it for them. So, for example, if it is a teenager, we might say something like, you know, I've seen you face problems and you've been able to find solutions, and I am confident that you'll be able to find a solution to this problem. Or, 
we might say something like, you know, I hear from you this is a really tough situation, but you're also a tough person, and I have confidence you'll be able to overcome it. Because a large part of someone coming to ask us for help is because their confidence is shaken. And so the biggest help we can provide is not so nece- not necessarily giving an answer, but in helping to rebuild that confidence. And one of the ways to do this is to start by asking, well, do you want a solution or can I just be supportive? Now, it may not be in exactly those words, but we need to intuit and often we get this wrong. And this happens a lot between couples in every single relationship where what the person is looking for is not the answer from us, but the reassurance and the support. And this is a wider application of this concept, azov tazov imo. If the person is working on the problem themselves and wants our assistance in working on it, yes, of course, join in if you're able to. But if that's not what the person is looking for, pay close attention, listen carefully, and don't provide what you're not really being asked for, regardless of the words. Emo teaches us, be sure the person wants your help before offering it. Make sure that they are working on it themselves and then you can assist. But very often, when someone confides in you that they're hurting, that they're going through a a problem, a difficulty, a crisis, they don't want your advice. They want you to listen. They want you to support them. I recently read a great novel, which I recommend to you. The title is The End of the Alphabet by C.S. Richardson. A great novel. And there's a passage where there's a character, a woman, and her name is Zipper. Zipper, it's actually a nickname because she worked in the fashion industry. Zipper is her name. And she is going through a terrible trauma. And her best friend is another woman named Kit. And Kit comes to visit her. And listen to these words. Kit sat in the eye of her friend's storm, nodded, shook her head, held tight, wiped away the tears, put the kettle on for tea, buttressed, agreed, listened. That's what a friend does. That is what is very often what is needed when someone is in trouble. Unless they invite us to join them in a constructive solution, 
provide support, provide confidence, provide love, provide a hug. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.